Welcome to worship at First Lutheran Church. I am Pastor Steve Knudsen. I'm glad that you can join us for worship this morning. A special word of thanks and welcome on this Mother's Day to the women who have nurtured and cared for us and for the world. So, welcome. Worship uh, leader today is intern Kirsten Weep. Music is led by Marita Wolgast at the piano and Marissa Colander leading us in song. We are so grateful and humbled by the generous contributions from uh, members and friends and your faithful support uh, has been, uh, frankly, deeply humbling for us. And we thank you uh, for your ongoing uh, contributions. Following worship, you're invited to join Pastor Craig at 10 o'clock this morning in a special uh, Zoom meeting. Uh, it'll be a class on five ways to battle loneliness. You can bring your cup of coffee and interact with some familiar faces from the church. Uh, you can find a link either on the homepage at First Lutheran or in the chat box uh, to the side on this webpage. Today we hear Jesus speak words of comfort and encouragement to the disciples who are in the midst of deep and for profound change. He says, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. For I am the way, the truth, and the life. Welcome to this time of spiritual renewal. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, the life beyond all death, the joy beyond all sorrow, our everlasting home. Amen. Amen. Rejoicing in Christ's victory over sin and death, let us come before God who calls us to repentance. God of life, by the, by resurrection, the resurrection of your, your Son, Son, you make, you make everything, everything new. Newness, Newness scares us and we, and we confess to shutting our doors in fear. We, we have not listened to the voices that challenge us. We have resisted the Holy Spirit moving in new directions. Our hearts are slow to believe your promises. Forgive us, O oh God, and renew us to embrace without fear the new life you have given us in Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ is alive and death has lost its power. Through the waters of baptism, you have been born anew by the living word of God. Know that your sins are forgiven in Jesus' name and the spirit of the risen Christ is alive in you both now and forever. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God from which nothing can separate us, and the life-giving Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with with you. and the life. Give us grace to love one another, to follow in the way of his commandments, and to share his risen life with all the world, for he lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Jesus shares the life of God with us. And we are called to share the life of God with others. In the gospel, Jesus promises that he goes to prepare a place for his followers in his Father's house, sharing the love and grace of God with us. 
In turn, 1 Peter calls us to bear witness to the risen Christ, our way, our truth, and our life. A reading from 1 Peter. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Since you were not a people, but now you are God's people, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. The gospel for today is taken from John, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to, you, to you, O Christ. Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. I attended an online conference on Monday, and the speaker began that conference with a question. He said, when you think about this virus, this uh, that we are going through as a church and as a nation, it matters how you frame it. For example, do you imagine that we are simply going through a storm, like a blizzard? Once we are through, life can return back to the way it was before. Or do you think we are entering into a season, like winter, that the changes will be longer lasting before something else happens? Or are we entering an ice age? That is, changes that will be profound and lasting. A storm, a season, or something lasting. Now, the speaker was from Canada, so of course he could only think in terms of cold, but regardless of the metaphor, it does raise the question, what's going on? What are the cheap, deeper changes happening? The speaker was booked about a year ago, and by coincidence, his topic was about how churches are adapting to uh, a digital world through online worship and blogging and posting. And who knew that the distant future imagined in that uh, conference was now a future that is upon us? And perhaps two observations to make. One, I'm getting feedback that we are getting used to worshiping in our jammies at home. 
And number two, um, worship attendance actually has doubled since we've gone online. That even when you take out those who just kind of watch briefly, uh, we're learning that about 1,100 people uh, tune in to uh, watch and participate and worship on a weekend as to about 550 before we went online. Now, eventually, yes, we will return to in-person worship, but it seems that something online is going to continue. In the gospel lesson today, the disciples are going through also a moment of profound change. They have spent three years with Jesus, and now at the Last Supper, Jesus talks about all the things that are going to be happening and how he's getting them ready for when he will be leaving him and the events that are going to happen in the next 24 hours, uh, the arrest, the trial, and then the cross. In other words, Jesus is describing not just a storm or not even a season of change, but a profound change like an ice age where all the assumptions of how God worked before are now upended. This conversation is part of a longer discussion. The scene is the Last Supper. In over four chapters in John, Jesus offers a kind of last will and testament where he prepares his disciples for a life when he is no longer present with them physically. And the disciples wonder and ask, What good possibly could come from this? And where can I find hope? And into that moment of lasting change, Jesus says simply, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust God and trust the one whom God sent. When Jesus says believe, he is describing faith in terms of a relationship. That belief is not just simply checking off statements that are true or not true but rather it is about a relationship of belonging and trust. It is also something specific in particular. We don't just simply believe in God as an idea, but our relationship with God is as specific and personal as the one whom God has sent in Jesus. Perhaps the way to understand what Jesus is describing and getting at is to connect these words with this day of celebration we call Mother's Day. Mother's Day is so much more than just simply about the idea of motherhood. Mother's Day is not an abstract category, but it is as real and particular as our own mother. Mother's Day is about the one who held us and nurtured us Mother's Day is about the specific relationships we have, and for that reason, Mother's Day can be hard when our mother or our grandmother has passed away and is no longer with us, or it can be complicated when the relationship with our own mother was difficult or our children, and it is not all that we had hoped or wished it to be. But that only shows all the more that the relational character of life has power and meaning. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. But it's not just simply an address in heaven. It is about a person and a relationship. And Jesus goes to prepare us and prepare uh, our world for that deeper sense of connection and belonging. Thomas now asks the obvious question that perhaps they're all asking. I don't understand, Jesus. Where are you going? How do I find it? What's going on? And he answers that question not so much with a where 
as a who. He says, Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Eugene Peterson, who uh, was the translator behind the Bible translation, The Message, offers an observation about this passage, and he says, pay attention to the order of words that Jesus gave. He didn't say, I am the life, the truth, and the way, but the order of the way, the truth, and the life. And that order says something about the experience that the disciples had with Jesus and that we have with him and that in the order of that experience, there is revealed to, some, uh, to us something of the nature of our relationship with God. So Jesus begins, I am the way. In the book of Acts, the first Christians were known as people of the way. It is about the way of Jesus and the way he lived. The way Jesus ate with sinners and tax collectors. The way of forgiveness and grace in Jesus. The way Jesus invited others to follow him, to watch what he did and learn his way of living. The way of Jesus is revealed in his acts of healing, how Jesus cared for the whole person, body and soul. You do, really do not know Jesus until you gain a sense of his way of life, how he took time early in the morning to pray, how deep his sense of communion with God was. To be a Christian is to let the way of Jesus make its way into our own life. And it's not just what Jesus did, it's also what he said. And in his saying, those sayings are, are invitations for us. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of God. As you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Parables like the Good Samaritan and the Prodigal Son are not just stories about someone else, but stories about our own soul and life. From the way of Jesus, we then learn the truths of Jesus. The truth, in this case, means to uncover or to reveal. Jesus reveals something of God that we would not know otherwise. And the last week of Jesus is especially telling. There is a truth-telling in the cross. We might ask, what is uncovered or revealed in the cross in the life of Jesus? Does not the cross of Jesus reveal something of the grace and the mercy of God that would otherwise be hidden? Does not the cross show the truth of God's forgiveness? Do we not learn something that is hidden, that in the cross God so loved the world that he even gave his son? One way to understand the truth that Jesus reveals is to ask the question, what would happen if you took Jesus out of the Bible? What would happen if Jesus never lived? What would be missing of our knowledge of God? What would remain hidden of God's mercy and love and grace and forgiveness? I am the way, I am the truth, and then I am the life. What does it mean to have the life of God? Jesus said, I come that you may have life and have it in full. That life is written into the fabric of creation, but we also sense that the fullness of life that God intended has somehow been lost, that we have lost it, that something essential is missing of our life. And now Jesus comes to restore life, not just a little bite, but life in the full. 
the gospel speaks of this life as eternal life or abundant life. But eternal life is so much more than just simply life in heaven. Eternal life describes the kind of life that we might have on earth, a life filled with God, a life of God's Spirit, a life marked with forgiveness and peace and mercy. When Jesus says, follow me, it's an invitation into this fuller life. God's life is given in Jesus. I am the way, the truth, the life. And then comes the next line in the gospel, a line, frankly, that has caused so much trouble. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, what possibly could Jesus mean? First, we need to remember what's happening when Jesus speaks these words. The world of the disciples is being ripped apart. The cross will change everything. And the disciple, the assumptions these disciples had about growing old with Jesus are no more. And they are deeply troubled and what can they count on? In that last meal together, Jesus offers this assurance, I am still with you. And when he says, no one comes to the Father except through me, he is simply saying, you don't need to go looking elsewhere. You don't have to add what I have given to you. You have what you need to make your way through life, for I am still your way, your truth, your life. It is a speech of comfort and encouragement. It's interesting how in the history of the church, these words of comfort have been taken out of context and used as words of judgment or exclusion. They have been used as a threat against anyone who is outside the church. These words have been used as a judgment against other faith traditions, Hindus, Muslims, Buddhists. We have to remember this passage and its context. The context is not a courtroom scene of judgment. It is an upper room scene of encouragement and inclusion. The verse is not really about how God excludes people. It simply points to Jesus and what Jesus shows us of God's love that is particular and compelling. For in Jesus, God's love is translated into human life in the way of Jesus. And in that way, we are invited into the way of God's love for the world. In the words and the actions of Jesus, we're given the truth of God's forgiveness and grace for our life. And in the very real and specific life of Jesus, we are ushered into a quality of life that God intended for us from the beginning. And rather viewing this passage as some way to exclude or diminish others, rather we are meant to draw near to let Jesus to include and to comfort us. And so maybe on this Mother's Day, as we remember those individuals who have mothered us and how particular those mothering relationships are, we might do well to see that God also invites us into a relationship of nurturing love and truth that is made known specifically, particularly, specially in Jesus. And even if we are going through a time of profound change and upheaval, we do well to remember these disciples who are also going through a time of deep change. For those disciples and for us, 
It doesn't mean that life will all of a sudden become easy, but it does mean that God still is at work. It doesn't mean that we'll never become disoriented, but it does mean God has the capacity to show us a new way in Christ. It doesn't mean that we will lose our old sense of purpose and meaning, but it does mean that God will provide a new capacity for this moment in the fullness of God. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in Jesus. For in Him you will find your way, your truth, your life. Amen. Apostles' Creed. I believe, I believe in, God, in God the, the Father, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated by the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
Amen. Uplifted by the promised hope of healing and resurrection, we join the people of God in all times and in all places in praying for the church, the world, and all who are in need. Build us up, gracious God, as living stones united in your spiritual house. Continually strengthen your church as it is sent forth to proclaim your love. In this time of disruption, may your church find new ways to show forth the way of Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our prayer. Humble us, creator God, as part of your creation. Fill us with respect and awe for the world you have made, including volcanoes, ocean currents, tropical rainstorms, glaciers, and other forces that destroy and create. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Align our ways to your love, O God. We pray for countries, leaders, and organizations as they work together in a time of pandemic crisis for the welfare and benefit for all people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of healing and rest, help those whose hearts are heavy and being weighed down by many troubles, especially Delaney Ding Sather. Comfort their suffering, ease their distress, and carry their burdens. We pray for healthcare professionals and emergency responders who serve at the front lines of healthcare. We pray for nurse Jody Newhouse, Dr. J.K. Olson, nurse Linda Palmer, hospital administrator Jane Ann Parker, Dr. Carla Schultz, retired nurse Pat Stieglitz, and those who are making masks, including Teresa Brandon and Sarah Harford Sullivan. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Nurturing God, we pray for those who tend and teach to young children, for safe pregnancies of expectant parents, and for families who struggle with infertility and miscarriage. We give thanks for all who have shown mothering care, and we remember all for whom this day is difficult. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Healing God, we pray for those who have suffered injuries, including Charlie Beckman, Michael Beckman's father, We ask for healing, your healing hand and nurturing spirit to watch over Charlie and his family during this challenging time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Generous God, you called into your brilliant light all who have died, especially Patty Bryant, Dorothy Topping, Roger Lien, Marissa Colander's grandfather, Dan and Joe Musel's father, 
Nicole Chavez's grandfather, and the family of Gloria Barber and Dwayne Wood, and the death of their mother, Hannah Wood. Give us faith to take hold of the promise of your eternal life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With bold confidence in your love, almighty God, we place all for whom we pray into your eternal care. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Mm -hmm. Let us pray together the prayer that our Lord Jesus Christ taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory now and forever, amen. Thank you for joining us for worship uh, this morning. I'll be joining you in the virtual narthex uh, following. Also a reminder that uh, you can join Pastor Craig at 10 o'clock with a special Zoom meeting and uh, you'll find the link there on the sidebar or you can go to the home church page and find the link there. So God's blessing and peace be with you and a happy Mother's Day to all. Now may the one who brought forth Jesus from the dead raise you to new life fill you with hope, and turn your mourning into dancing. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you and remain with you always. Amen. Have a great day.